Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Speaking you cross of- some kind of line. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you with the Beckons of Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure the elders in the quest the last rites our party are deep within castle fantile floating above the elven lands of forsaken glade as they have taken on lycanthropes creepy vines and a spooky shrieking lady uh after having defeated said spooky shrieking lady uh klika and anton were both downed by the wail of the banshee but both of them have come to or at least anton's about to come to um the party um, are well on their way to go confronting whoever this Shaythantil is and hopefully put an end to it. But strange sounds and a decrepit tower seem to lead the party to believe perhaps this place is a little bit more spooky and deadly than first thought. I don't know why you guys would have thought anything different. It's D&D and it's a forsaken wood, but you know, whatever. I don't write the games. I just roll and improv as they come. So with that, the party is given an opportunity for a one hour short rest. Did anybody want to heal up? Uh, yes. yes, I'm spending two hit dice. I did as well. Clica burned all five. <laughs> oh, goddamn. And Anton comes to with one hit point. Is, I was planning on doing a prayer of healing and just boosting us all up. Um, well, everyone... well, I guess now is a good time to ask the question. I mean, is everybody well above like the halfway mark? So it wouldn't really make sense to go doing a big, huge... So, did you want to still cast the big heal? I don't know where everybody's health is at. Uh, Norhill's at max, so Norhill's okay. Jarzak maxed out, too. Oh. Because, halfway. Yeah, it's a point above bloody. And I'm very bloody, so... I mean, you might not have time later to do it, so I guess now is the time to make your choices. Yeah, I might as well do power of healing. Okay. Wait. Second. Mika, you get 12 points back. And I get 17. Well, you only rolled a one for both of them. Huh? You only rolled one. a one number for everybody. Oh. Why don't you just give everybody 17? Did I misread that? 
I mean, unless I'm thinking of it wrong, it would seem that everybody gets a certain amount of Yeah, because it goes off at once, so it would be just one roll for everybody, like a damaging spell. AoE spell, it's an AoE heal. Oh, uh, I guess... Yeah. Alright, well, I'll get 17 points. <laughs> Alright. All right. So, uh, with that... Um, yeah, I guess now, uh, what's the party want to do? There's still that one single doorway, and it doesn't seem like you guys have been interrupted in your arrest, so what's the plan? All right, maybe this time we'll make it all the way to the door. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. The uh, door either, but uh, Norhill would like to advance uh, just as last time. Uh, you know, moving through and testing the ground uh, under the rubble in front of him with the blade of the shovel, and just to make sure there aren't any, like, you know, sinkholes or traps or anything hidden where we can't see them. Okay, and we can even say that you've already done pretty much a full scope of the room in the time of the short rest, and it seems like the whole place is pretty safe. Um, but, okay, so at the double doors, who's leading the pack? Well, Klika already got screamed at so hard she died, but then punched so hard she came back to life. So Klika's feeling pretty strong. She'll lead the pack. <laughs> She's the child of destiny. And uh, Norhill will be right there with her. Okay. So that the two of you guys walk up to this double door here. And now that you guys are up nice, up nice and close to it, what you can see is right behind where the door latches are, the actual handles there, you can see inscribed in the wood are a couple of elves uh, both of them with hands kind of pressed together, uh, facing each other as if to do some sort of a, a smoocherino, a smoocheroo, as it were. But both of them kind of pause. Of blushes. Of the, of the, <laughs> very good. Um, is another shade of green. Um, but with that, you guys can see that the uh, two of them are separated by the doors crack as if not smooching because of that. But the doors pull open. Uh, was there any way you guys wanted to pull the doors open? Or is it just, fuck it, we already got screamed at. If, well, maybe maybe not fuck it so much as, you know, let, let, let's just be careful. So uh, which way do they seem to open, inwards or outwards? They pull towards you guys. Okay. Uh, so Norhill's going to at least pull his door open so that he's directly taking cover behind it. <laughs> okay. And so with that, Anton gets hit with the fire beam. No, I'm just kidding. Standing directly behind Norhill. Uh, no, so with that, you guys pull the doors open gingerly uh, in that same kind of way. And as you guys hear no explosions, spooky noises, or anything in particular, uh, you peer around the corner and see something of uh, like a great hall here. Uh, it looks about at the widest 40 feet, and it stretches back an expanse of about 100 to 150 feet back. Um, there's evenly paced columns all throughout here. But again, due to time and misuse of this place, there's piles of refuse all over the place, as well as toppled columns and whatnot. But oddly enough, many of the tapestries that hang from the walls that kind of checker the whole distance of the hallway all the way back, many of them look as if they're actually in still pretty decent condition. Um, but yeah, so from where you guys are standing, this hallway seems very, very peaceful and undisturbed. So what would you guys like to do? There are a few doors along this hall arcing back, but nothing that seems as grandiose as the door you walked through or the door that appears to be at the very end. All right, uh, we shouldn't make the assumption that the Banshee was the last defender. Um, Norhill would like to do a sweep of the room. 
describe it? Uh, so he's just going to make like a visual, like a circuit, visually searching the area. Okay. Uh, in that case, go ahead and roll an investigate check. Thirty twenty. Okay. So with that, using your expert little vision here as your, with your keen eyes looking around here, with the glimmers of light that are coming through the cracks in the ceiling here uh, from the moonlight above, you can see also, does Anton have his lantern on? Always. <laughs> A good answer. So with that, from the light of the lantern and the light above, uh, Norhill, as he kind of reaches into the hallway a slight bit with weapon at the ready and peeking around, sounds of his little electric static war pick kind of crackling and snapping like, you know, dry wood. Uh, you notice the tiniest little shimmer back from some of the cracks in the walls and from the edges and circuits going up these individual pillars. And only upon like a second real squinted look do you see tiny little critters like mice just sort of dangling from positions and staring intently and intelligently at the party. Uh, Norhill is immediately going to back out and <laughs> we're being watched. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, good thing Anton didn't have his lantern on. Mice-like creatures through the cracks in the walls. Where mice? <laughs> we can take them. <laughs> Just a little tiny mice, little kind of like little needles and stuff like that, trying to stab you guys. Yeah, but that actually, that kind of sounds terrible. A swarm of were mice. That sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah, I, who would not think that? They all get a grapple check. They're bitey. <laughs> They're chompy little bastards. Trixie little devious beasts. <laughs> So anyway, as you pull back into the room and close the doors a little bit to get you some distance from the peering eyes, um, I don't know. What's the plan? We could just scatter them. We're going to be seen no matter what. Fair enough. All right, everyone. Um, well, if they were interested in attacking, they likely would have already done so. I'm not that mean. Well, no, I am, but I'm not mean enough to throw mice after that last fight. <laughs> the Banshee and a swarm of were mice. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, okay. So how would the party like to proceed from here? Uh, so Norhill now wants to, you know, just again, go like, you know, counterclockwise around the room or whatever and just, you know, uh, take a look-see behind each of like the non-main doors at the far back to see what's behind each one. Okay. Again, they're kind of like general meeting areas. One of them looks to almost be kind of like the equivalent of a fancy elvish mudroom. But for the most part, they're like little small kind of breakaway chambers that people could be hanging out in. Uh, and you're talking about the room you're in right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. But apart, apart from that, they've all been pretty much like all the furniture's been smashed and taken out of it. It's really bereft. If I could really describe this whole place in like one sentence, is that like things thrived and lived here at one point, but this is the remnants. Like this is like the revenant of what used to be a base of evil operations. Like this looks like the skeletal remains of what could have been like a great evil place. You know what I'm saying? So how's the party proceed? We head to the next door. What? The hallway? 
The... That's what I'm asking. How are you proceeding in the hallway? Oh. Quietly and calmly. With all the I got to do some sorcery point math uh, for <laughs> while we were taking that short rest. Uh, so, <laughs> do you want me to do that on camera or just by myself? I mean, you can do it by yourself. I trust you. I don't think you're okay. going to do anything devious. It's Anthony that I'm worried about. Can't trust him. Well, that's hey, why we, you we... know the the math, the math is pretty easy. You, know, you roll two d tens and see how much you got. It's pretty simple. That's pretty oh simple. well, I I mean I guess like you mu- you do cut it out of every episode, but like after every roll, every roll Anthony makes, Dan screams, "Prove it!" and makes Anthony <laughs> show him with his camera the dice roll he got, and it's it's really crazy because sometimes even then dan will go off for about 10 minutes about how anthony is a filthy liar and he doesn't believe anything he says and he'll make anthony re-roll and yeah, like yeah, I, yeah I'm, a, I'm just a known cheater and it's playing pretend so, you, know, you know i'm just saying deep fakes are a thing and if i've ever known a deep fake <laughs> it's anthony so with that um the party proceeds cautiously ronnie is that what we said the word was Yes. <laughs> Quietly and calmly. Cautiously. Okay. So with that, the party opens up the doors. Is Anton in the front then? I guess you have rearranged a little. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, nobody else is taking the initiative on it, so... Sure. Everybody's spooked by a bunch of mice, so I guess Anton, in his resolve... He doesn't mind mice. He was used to them in the glory week. He's okay with them. They never yeah. give them, All right. Just good old ocean mice. But with that, the um, oceanic. They were rats. <laughs> like Anthony. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so with that... <laughs> Look, man, you had to go adding in that comment about the 10 minute interlude. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not going to keep it going. No, Anthony's an honest player. I just need to be proven that this is the case after every roll. Um, so with that, uh, Anton pushes through with his lantern and steps a few steps into this giant hallway. And with the lantern light, you can see the tapestries on the walls a little bit better. And you can see that they're almost reminiscent of the designs on the door. And uh, with that, you can see all the little mice now that you're looking for them kind of stay put uh, where they are. Did you want to continue down this hallway? Prove that normal mice activity. Well, because you're not super close to them, it almost looks like how a pet mouse might behave with the idea that like they're so used to things. It's kind of like pigeons in the park versus pigeons in the wild. Like if they're used to people, like they ain't gonna, yeah. Okay, yeah, then I just keep moving. Okay, so as you do start to get closer to them with the lantern light kind of dangling back and forth here with every step, mice do scatter as you get closer and closer to them. Um, And as the party kind of follows in tow here, you guys can see looking at the tapestries on the wall that the primary design on most of them is not only the heraldic symbol out here for these elves, uh, which, you know, obviously for the elves is just a big giant tree kind of outlined in silver with a bunch of stars all speckled around it in white with green and silver behind it. Um, But you guys can see also that a lot of these tapestries show elven faces, but only one thing stands out against the rest of the pattern. And that's that there is a recurring theme of a man and a woman sort of paired in these uh, tapestries. And at about the midpoint in this great hall, there is sort of a breakaway chamber to the right. 
and it leads into a room with a massive painting and a glass domed ceiling above that's been cracked and aged a bit. But the painting on the wall seems like it, perfect with no damage to it whatsoever. Um, would you guys like to go into that room and go take a better look at it? Or did you guys want to just kind of scout from the hallway? Let's go appreciate some art. <laughs> yes, let's go make sure there's nothing dangerous in there. I think he's going to wistfully say, you know, Jarzak, if only you'd stay as clean as this painting. <laughs> and also cast mending on Jarzak's clothes to clean him up. <laughs> it, it, should have seen that coming. swarm of fleas go flying out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, as you guys walk in there, you can see up on this, um, up on this wall, it's uh, the big giant painting here shows the full body uh, painting of both a elvish man and an elvish woman. Uh, the man stands behind the woman in a pose that looks, I would say, like very welcoming and warm to her, but also very regal and well-defined. They look to be in love as they both seem to be almost like slightly happy, like a Mona Lisa kind of smile going on here between the two of them. But they seem to be taking something of a, a regal pose in here, looking very royal, I guess would be the word for it. Very cliche kind of medieval painting of royalty. There's no way I could do a history check on this. Um, you could, yeah. Um, I'll also say that written below it in Elvish is a bit of script. Who actually speaks Elvish? Isn't it just Klika? Yeah. Oh. Should, should I take some of that friend of the elves potion and try it? Yes, do it. <laughs> yes. If ever there was a time to do it. I'm going to um, do it. Uh, Norhill is also proficient in history. Can I have the role as well? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my little friend of the elves potion. Oh, and then oh gonna... here this is this is where we're drinking them. Uh, Jarzak will <laughs> hand one to Norhill and Klika and drink one as well. All right. And so with that, the whole party drink one. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So everybody goes through what could be described as either a minor amount of pain and agony. Uh, all the way up to an agonizing, crippling amount of like back-breaking, bone-snapping amount of pain as Klika rises to the height of about five foot six, uh, Jarzak's bones shrink down to about five foot six, and Anton doesn't have that much of a trip down, but Norhill does as well. Bodies slim and contort, ears stretch, and faces become gaunt, losing the weight that they had, and everybody's skin tone changes quite a bit to the point that your original skin tone is really much more of a tint in a certain light than it was before. And in this room are a series of elves wearing very mismatched, non-well-fitting clothing and armor. All of you are proficient in speaking elvish and inherently do so unless thoughtfully and willingly trying to do something else. Guys, my bone hurts. like this? My bones hurt. Norhill's just like, kill me! Kill me now! <laughs> Norhill, so that's what you look like without a beard? that All the facial hair, everything pulls back. Oh he, yeah. Aren't you glad you waited until now to all do it? You're like, well, we might die. Fuck it. And you're like, but now I don't have to read the script. Someone else can. <laughs> what? I thought that this would make us speak Elvish. 
What you do? I thought they would be this horrible. I feel so prancy. Jubilee. It's not why, permanent, is it? Why, why is everything I'm saying so flowy and full of pose? Well, why the hell did they have those spells? What were they doing with, with a fucking hill giant? <laughs> His name was the weird, you know? He got up to some freaky stuff. <laughs> I think we broke Ronnie with the spell. I also love that Anton's just like old man elf. Meanwhile, we've got like green tinted elf, grayish tinted elf, beardless elf, which is not that weird, but his face does look like it deserves a beard. He just doesn't have one. This is ridiculous. So all four of you stand there elvish staring at each other like a bunch of bewildered cats. Finally, back to my true form. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day. The curse has been lifted. <laughs> this is why I took three. But uh, I'm going to go hang out with my people. <laughs> so what does the uh, script at the bottom of the uh, painting say now that we all can read it? It says, Avlin and Thantiel, love forever. Avlin. Oh, no. I got a 19 on my history check. Do I have any additional context to that? Um, I'm going to say from spending time with the elves and having spent that time in that little prisoner's chamber with the books that you had, you managed to do a brief glimpsing and you saw that, I mean, Avalyn was the lady to the Lord, as it were. And at one point she reigned as queen in this region. As it would seem that the Shaysir, historically speaking, all at one point in time were kings or queens and upon retiring joined that court. So this guy at one point in time was actually a king and this was a queen. It only goes downhill from there, I'm guessing. <laughs> oh. Well. Is there nothing is there anything weird about the painting? Like no, it's it's impeccable to the point you might even assume that it's magic, but in a way that's like mending magic rather than like like fly off the fucking walls and eat somebody magic. Guys, I'm not used to being this high up when I have to walk. So I'm getting Klika just stumbles and falls over with her gangly long legs. You know what's the sad part is how long this lasts. It explains why they weren't going to do anything about this individual. Wait, why? Uh, I imagine Norhill's at least smart enough to put together that, you know, this it might be the same uh, on Teal. Oh, yeah. In fact, what you know historically is that moniker, the little tab in the front there, Shay, just implies that you're retired royalty to the point that you're, like, honorary. It's like this kind of honorary title of like an elder, as it were, in the common tongue. Like how the Japanese emperors only get a name after they abdicate the throne, right? Isn't that how that works? Maybe. I guess we learned something today. I'm pretty sure, yeah. They don't get like, and then like the error in which they reigned gets named after the name they take. Fair enough. So I guess similar to that. I, 
adopting, might be wrong. Adopting the term Shay before the name just kind of implies that you're like Elder Fantil. So he belongs to the Star Court. So with that, oh, that's why the adventure is called the Elders. Fuck. It's all coming together. Too bad we're all elves for it. But anyway. I really don't like this. How long is it going to last? I don't know, fuckers. How long? Anton just Anton just shrugs and then he leaves the room. <laughs> Anton ain't got time for this. He's got elfin to do. <laughs> That's so silly. All right. So with that, Clayco just cannot find a comfortable stride. She's either overstriding and walking way too fast or understriding and walking way too slow. She does not understand how these long elven legs work. <laughs> she looks towards the classic video of like Bigfoot where it's the really long strides. Yeah. Ridiculous arms. It's like that. Except it's like someone watch, playing that game Quirp or, Quirp yeah, 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 or whatever yeah, in, yeah. in real life. Yeah. Gang <laughs> There you go. She looks towards Jarzak to carry her, makes the symbol like up, up, and then realizes Jarzak's uh, the same height and can't carry her anymore. It's and almost, also Jarzak's having trouble being this short. <laughs> it's also a little bit weird having everybody the exact same height and proportions. But, you know. You guys just look like a bunch of clones came out with a bunch of weird color sets. Like somebody hit the randomizer button on The Sims or something like that and you fuckers all came out. (laughs) Slightly gray tinted, slightly green tinted, curly hair, straight hair, old man. Anyway, um, with that, Anton walked in the hall. Does anybody follow? Yes. Uh, Norhill right behind. Pleco desperately tries to follow without overpacing or falling behind. And then Jarzak behind them. Okay. So the whole party walks out of there. And as you guys are walking down this hall, you notice that all of those mice and all the little critters from before now just scurry about their business. And they start to just kind of wander about and just do their thing as if you guys weren't even there. Does he keep going? So with that, the party walk to the very far end of this great hall, and you guys see gold kind of wreathed and silver wreathed all over the door, showing the heraldic symbol. Again, it's splatted in the center of it, of the um, ASRES here. Um, and yeah, before you were these big, massive double doors, what would you guys like to do? Um, I guess just open them. It's... We haven't run into any traps yet. Guys, should we listen a, at the door? As a joke, we should tell um, Shathan Teal that we're all his kids. <laughs> we're here to collect, bitch. <laughs> you live for a long fucking time, and that's a long time without child support. Elves don't reach maturity to 100 years old. That's a lot of child support for four kids. Three out of four of us are orphans, so it's possible. (laughs) I think we just figured out the story. Who needs to carry on the campaign? We got a lot of catching up to do with Pop Pop. Who brought the baseball? Daddy, is that that you? (laughs) Papa? He is also slightly gray tinted. Covered in bugs. My boy. But anywho, 
So you stand outside of the door. Anton wishes to listen, puts his ear to the door, and with his elven ears, what does he hear? Do we, do we gain uh, proficiency in perception check? No, you do not. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I critted. Maybe I did. <laughs> Wait, maybe you did. What? I don't know. I crit. I, I assume it's because of my elven ears. <laughs> <laughs> yep, okay, that's it. So anyway, you put your ear to the door and you hear within the chattering of tons and tons of those birds from before, as well as the sounds of some larger bird kind of people, reminiscent of the squawks and screams that you heard from the birds above, up in the sky, that were trying to kill Jarzak and Klika. And you hear a deep rumbling, bellowing noise as if something is in some sort of sob, like throes. Um, yeah, so heavy breathing as if something's weeping. Oh, no. He knows we're here. <laughs> Wait, was that Banshee his wife? <laughs> Does that make it mom? Well, why, don't we, go, why don't we go in and ask him? Yeah, <laughs> was that your wife? <laughs> you guys are like Beavis and Butthead elves walking in there like, hey, was that your wife? <laughs> she was hot. <laughs> hey, Beavis, she's a screamer. I mean, Klika's clothes are still Klika size, so there's a chance that her shirt just rode up over her head, and now she is Cornholio or Bumholio, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. So anyway, what would the party like to do now? Well, I'm going to let everyone know of the situation on the other side of the door, that there's clearly other bird creatures and something else of a sort. It sounds big. Yeah, some, something's there. I don't think they know we're here yet, but I don't know if there's an easy way to get in there without being... <sighs> Norhill's going to raise his shield up above his head in preparation for attacks from above. This I'm reminds ready. you of that first dungeon when the rocks fell on your head. Ever since then, we've been hoping that it doesn't happen again. Well, I, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm just gonna. There's no. We don't see any other way to get into that room other than let's go away. Well, there was the giant gaping holes in the uh, seemingly that citadel ceiling out there, the big dome. There was that option, but it seemed like this was the easier way than climbing and flying and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I look toward the party and I say, "We're. Yeah, I guess we're gonna surprise them. Be ready for anything." Okay. I'll open the door. Did you want to prepare any spells or anything while it seems that you've got a moment? Uh, Not to be that DM, but, you know. Okay. Um, Kel, can we say that Norhill's taking the dodge action in preparation for opening the door? <laughs> sure, we'll say that you're ready to get fucked. This might be a time. I'm debating if I should just do... If you're going to ask me about bonus action spells and action spells, Ronnie... You have no, I'm just debating if I should prepare past. Fireball or if I should, I should prepare Radiance of the Dawn. Wait, 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 wait. If it, sounds, if it sounds like a lot of them in there, Fireball might be a good idea. Just going to open the door and lob it in there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who's on the other side of the door. Um, give Klika a moment to get ready, and uh, hopefully this will work. And she's first going to cast Shadowblade. And then she's going to cast Blink. 
And then she's going to cast Mirror Image. And now Klika's ready for battle. And then Jarzak <laughs> just slaps Klika on the back. I don't know why you need a minute, but uh, good luck up there. And cast Fly on Klika. Your hand goes straight through. It was one of the clones. I was going to say, yeah. You got you to gotta make sure you hit the right one. <laughs> One of my clones floats through the floor. Uh, <laughs> clipping. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and then he's going to cast Armor of Agathis on himself. All right. And so with that, who swings the door open? Klika and her four, four clones. Her four to, elven clones. Prep to cast Eldritch Blast also. Jesus Christ. Okay. And so with that, you guys swing the doors open. And before you is an octagonal chamber, which I would say each of the eight sides of this room appear to be about 20 feet long. So overall, the room itself looks to be about 60 feet deep at the deepest. Um, overall, there's right beside you to the sides, uh, a couple of stairwells, one to the left and one to the right, that lead to this upper echelon, about 20 feet above the ground chamber here. Uh, but littering the room, are tons of small beasts like the crows and ravens as well as the rats and mice and stuff like that all scattered amongst the refuse on the floor. Uh, most importantly, however, is a large raised pedestal in the back of the chamber directly across from you guys. And sitting upon it is a mass of like, of, of like moss and greenery and vines and stuff that all seem to be growing from the top of the pedestal here. And you see as well a, what could be described as a half man, half lion of sorts, who seems to be knelt and bent over this podium here, weeping with deep sorrowful sounding like lion-ish bellows. And you guys can see sitting on top of that 20 foot raised section in the back there, the, around the whole back rim, uh, you can see a series of three more of those black looking crow things, just kind of lamentingly looking down over it. Um, and yeah, so with that, are we launching into combat or for what it's worth, for what it's worth, the crow-like things see you as those doors open up and no alarm is sent off. I hold a hand up to the team. I say, wait. And I call out, you know this, and I can speak it. And I say, are you Santil? And with that, the bellowing stops real quick and you hear like almost like a sniffling groan as the full-sized uh, lion-ish man-beast thing stands up on its hind legs there and looks down upon you guys from the height of its pedestal. And it says, you will name me as king. I am Shay Thantil. And with that, he just looks upon you all and says, who are you in my kingdom? Jarzak takes a knee and says, King Thantil, I am Jarzak. I'm here to serve the cause. And with that, he sniffs at the air a little bit and he says, Jarzak, a name such as this rolls poorly off the tongue. Your name is of soiled meats. From where do you hail? <laughs> just dead silence, just like, what is it fucking not good enough to want to serve you, bitch? We want pedigree. I'm pretty sure the orcs come from Gamaroth, correct? If that's Gorgareth. what you were trying to. Yeah, I was. Gorgareth. Uh, Gorgareth. Oh, 
And so with that, he sniffs at the air again and he says, I smell something about you. And you feel that twinge, that bleeding pain from your ribs that you had sustained what appears to be, yeah, about a week and a half, two weeks ago from the goring tusk of the uh, werebore. And you feel it kind of tingle at your side a bit more. And with that tingling, you can feel like something pulling at you and it lets go a little bit. And if a lion could smile, it does. Standing on its hind legs, it takes a couple of steps down in the chamber and says, Swearing fealty to me, are you? I am of your king, kin. <laughs> Damn it. And with that, again... Fucking it's like, elvish. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like, my it, tongue. It's like, just conjugations are just so much more difficult in this voice. Um, and so with that, it looks to the other three and says... Do you all wish to pledge fealty to me? Clico um, Thorellius does, and she kneels too. What about Anton and Norhill? The elves. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny, but for some reason it's fucking hysterical. Does Jarzak the elf, Kalika the elf, like these are the least <laughs> elvish sounding names ever. And it's only been made that painfully aware when you guys have to, in elvish, be like, I'm Jarzak. <laughs> at least Kalika's gets to be all flowery at the end, and that sounds like elvish-ish. But, okay. So what about Norhill and Anton? Are you kneeling before the uh, Lion Man throne? Yeah, I think that'd be a wise move. I'm like, Anton, I don't think he's much of a liar, but that might be unwise. So he'll this, fuck you. <laughs> 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 Anton just says, Anton just says, yes, and he kneels and he kind of gives a look at Norhill and just kind of like, just like, just do it. Norhill stroking his imaginary beard, wondering what he should do. <laughs> Uh, Norhill steps up, but doesn't kneel, and says, I, Norhill Hammerstone of the Silverstein, have come to put an end to your curse. So that you can see the lion man thing looks to you, and it's like face takes on like a fleck of like a keen quickness as it just looks to you real quick with a snort. And it says, you would dare threaten me in my home. Traitor. <laughs> I dare. Jarzak stabs Norhill. Yeah, I, Jarzak stands up and pulls out his axe. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? I don't even know how to match it now. I can't. But with that, the half lion man. My, my, my companions take on an unfortunate form and suddenly forget their quest. <laughs> Anthony's getting mad. Clica uh, <laughs> blinks out of existence on the material plane and into the ethereal plane because Blink just went off. <laughs> Probably time like, ooh! And you have 60 feet of fly speed. Yup. <laughs> got a lot of options present. Okay. And so with that, as he hears you guys kind of uttering these threatening things, he takes a few pensive steps back and stands before the pedestal and he lowers one of his big lionish hands over the mound of throbbing moss, and he says, you will not bring me pain. Not here, not to Avelyn. 
My king, allow me to deal with this traitor. Well, I can certainly try. <laughs> Fucking Norhill. <laughs> All right, I guess now it's time to roll initiative, as I imagine Norhill's not about to sit down for it. 22. I got 10. Nine. Okay, so... 20. 16. <laughs> okay, so Klika, Anton, Jarzak, and then you got nine, Anthony? Yeah. Okay, so it's going to go Klika, Anton, Jarzak, me, Norhill. So with that, Klika's top of the round, apparently in the ethereal plane, while yep. also flying. She will appear 10 feet in the air, away from where she disappeared, and then fly straight towards the big lion man. <clears throat> okay, he's about 50 feet away from the doorway. So, so I'm within 40 feet, and then I'll use 40 feet of flying speed to get to him. So, and then Klika is going to attack. Are the crows within five feet of him, or is he sort of separated from them? I will say this much. When he seems to be prepping for fighting, these crow things all seem to be like in terror and scrabbling as if to leave. Hmm. Okay, uh, but are they with it? Well, you know what? Never mind that. Clica uh, will just um, attack with Shadow Blade. Okay. And you stay in the ethereal plane while this happens? No, I'm out of the ethereal plane okay, so right now. Ten feet up, then flew up, then okay. Uh, does a twenty-three hit? It sure does. Eighteen damage, and he's uh, shrouded in booming energy. Okay. And then let's see if I blink out of existence again. I do. Clega <laughs> <laughs> disappears. Why would we want anything else but that? All right. And so now, after booping, shooting, and then leaving. All right. 20 points of damage, you said. All right, rock and roll. So now it goes to Anton. Fail. So I'm just confirming all the bird creatures are kind of just trying to get out. They're not really proving to be a threat toward us. Yeah, they don't seem like they're looking to stick around and find out what happens when daddy gets angry. Okay. Um... Let me see. Fireball, I don't think it would make sense now, would it? How far away is Klika from it? I'm on the material plane, so it doesn't matter. Oh, you're not in the material plane? Yeah, I, I'm in the ethereal plane. I mean, yeah. So I mean, Ronnie, you could goose it, and it would be a fine enough move. Shit, let's go. Okay, um, it has to beat a deck save of a 14. I got an 8. Oh, shit. Um, okay, so I'm gonna hit you with. Oh no! <laughs> oh, damage, one second. Go, go ahead, find all six of those D6s. No, there's there's eight of them. Oop, even better. <laughs> okay. Are the crows within 20 feet, too? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, oh, no. Is it 20 or 30? Uh, 20. 
Or it's, um, I don't remember now. That's fine enough to do too. Ronnie, hurry up. Okay. I'm going to hit you with the average number instead, and you're not going to like it. Yeah, you can technically uh, play 5e as the DM without rolling any dice by just using the average numbers that they provide. Yeah, I could, couldn't I? That's a lot of math. Easy peasy. I never rolled this many dice before, guys. I don't think I ever rolled this many dice in my entire gaming career. 20 foot radius. Okay. So 40 okay. foot diameter. Those, those crow boys are going to get hit too. Come on, Ronnie. What do you got? I'm trying to do the math. I'm going to hit you with that average real quick. 3.5 times 8, Ronnie. You ain't gonna One second. Give me 28. Is this how it's going to be with everything? I got 34. 34? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, I guess that was worth counting. All right. So, yeah, the fireball goes off and kills all the crows and all the little crows behind it as it shoots. <laughs> and you hear what could possibly be described as the most horribly bestial howling scream that you've ever heard as true pain and suffering is melded with sorrow and ferocity. Uh, as this fireball goes off, um, you begin to smell smoke as the heap of plant life at the top of the pedestal begins to set flame and barking back at you in Elvish, the half-lion man says, you would dare slay the queen. And I think you, she turned to a plant. I think you may have made a more powerful enemy than you are ready for. Is that the end of your turn? Uh, I think oh, Anton okay. Moore just like falls back a little bit in kind of shock at what he did. He's <laughs> he like, never wielded that much power before. I don't think he knew what was going to happen. He's like, I'll combine three scorching, fl scorching flames into one. And it, it, it it's a lot more than they thought. Yeah, you go ahead and commit fucking regicide. Way to go, Ronnie. Noise. It's not regicide because we're not his subjects. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is his wife really a plant? I don't know. Just, Ask him. He's about to get plain old mortar. And so, Wait a minute. There's weird plants? <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, that's exactly what's going on. Is this the end of your turn? Yes. Okay. So with that... The uh, the next thing that happens is, as it shouts out in that brutal, bestial tone, um, the room sort of flutters to life with all the crows and ravens and all those birds. And as it howls and bellows, it yells out in the bestial tone for these creatures to come fluttering down and attack everybody in the room. Uh, what do we have for an armor class for Anton? Um... 16. Okay, so you get hit. What's Jarzak's armor class? Oh, never mind. It's okay. Coleco's uh, armor class is still 20. It doesn't matter. She's still <laughs> on a different plane of existence. Oh, you're lucky then. All right, and then Norhill's armor class, I imagine, is not 24. It's 18, yeah. Okay, so with that, I believe I only hit... Oh, yeah, so I only hit Anton. Wow, I guess that was some quick karma there. So with that, all the ravens and birds start fluttering about, and you get hit with four points of piercing damage as they start swarming around everybody, except for the ethereal clica, and start pecking and stabbing for eyeballs. I burnt their friends. 
Sorry. It now goes to Jarzak. Liga learned her lesson. She's never going to be on the material plane again when an enemy goes. <laughs> uh, so, if I move away from the guys attacking me to get to the lion guys, they'll take. I'll take a tax of opportunity, right? No, not at all. Those birds just kind of came fluttering through and like. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure how what they were. Okay. Uh, how far away is he? Uh, from where you're standing, about fifty feet. Okay. Uh. I'm going to cast my uh, my curse on him. Ooh. My Hexblade's curse. And with that, you feel the tingling in the back of your head and it says, strike down those who would hold you. I am your master. And... You're like, okay. All right. Okay. But, uh, okay. I, yeah, I can't get close enough to hit a... a, a and I'll throw an Eldritch Blast at him. Two Eldritch Blasts? Yeah. <laughs> 15 and a 26 to hit. Those are good. Okay, that's great. Uh, One damage and five. Dang. Okay. So and Jarzak's going to move up 30 feet closer to him. All right, so you're about 20 feet from him. Uh, Norhill is yet to move. Uh, Kalika is close, but in a different plane, and Anton is still in the doorway. So, at this point, on its turn, in its spooky lion-ish form, it rushes up to Jarzak and swings in with its lion-ish looking paw, and it... What's your armor class? 16. So you managed to duck under one of these massive paws as it swings in slashing at you. Uh, you can take the slow. if you would like to, as it rushes past. Yeah, I'd love to. Roger, Roger. Uh, that's a crit. Of course it is. Nice. I'm wearing a shield, so it's not as much as it should be. Uh. <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? That is eighteen damage. Eighteen. So it howls in agony. And as you pull the axe blade from its back as it runs away, you see the blood dripping over it begin to kind of like melt away with the fur. And beneath it are green scaly like shards. And as all the fur begins to pull away, uh, both Anton and Norhill still standing in the doorway see what looks to be a mid-transformation lion turning into some sort of brutal reptilian beast. And as it makes its full stride over to the doorway where you guys are bottlenecked in, its mouth opens and erupts with a purging flame that just scorches that entire hallway. Could I get dexterity saving throws from both Norhill and Anton? Also, yes. sorry, that's going to be 21 damage, not 18. And it... Dead now! No, I'm just... A crit! That's going to be an 18 on that dex save. Okay, so with that... You guys are fucking lucky on that one. Also, That's we hold on. Elves. It, it might die from this sweet 14 damage it took from Booming Blade. Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about the Booming Blade. Is your big boss dead? No, not at all. <laughs> Dang yeah, it. That's what got him. <laughs> he uh, moved. So that, uh, both Norhill and Anton take 15 points of fire damage. Yikes. Wait a minute. I might actually be down. I'm down, guys. Sorry. Wait, really? Yeah. 
Oh shit. Well, I guess that's what you get. Sorry, y'all. No, when I when what? I had to heal myself, I only healed myself halfway. And I was like, I wanted to save that other stuff or fireball. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> down. You got a triple kill with it, so it's good. Yeah, I mean, okay. And with that, as it stands there, bellowing now with a reptilian-styled kind of bellow, uh, its scalp begins to tear apart, and beneath it is bristling fur with a couple of rotund and rounding horns as this Capricorn-looking beast here comes bouncing forward out of its scaly skin, which kind of repels back into itself in the form of some sort of a brutal-looking goat, and it just charges full speed forward at Norhill and goes in for a quick sweeping charge. Uh, it fails miserably and slams into the stonework beside you and stones crumble and fall from the wall. And it yells out in Elvish under its bleating sound and it says, You will never defeat me. You will not take her. Oh, okay, so we'll just go for her then and kill her. He turns immediately towards Jarzak. (laughs) Jarzak just has the biggest smile on his face. And with that, it bleats out again in that kind of creepy goat like noise that they make. And uh, Jarzak, can you do me a quick favor and roll a dexterity saving throw? Oh, this is one of my specialties. Right <laughs> up there, almost up there with strength. You know, when I hear that, don't believe it. Uh, six? Okay. So hundreds of these little mice and rats and stuff come rushing out and scatter about your feet. Uh, and by them climbing up your legs and stuff like that, your movement is halved until the start of your... I'm sorry, until the end of your next turn. Well, that's okay. I can still get to her. You think this will slow me down? I love stepping on mice. <laughs> now I'll just kill them, too. <laughs> so now it goes to Norhill. Oh, right. Uh, so Norhill is standing base to base with this thing? Yeah, creepy goat man. All right. Um, I'm just gonna start making attacks. So, first attack is going to be a 22 to hit. Okay. And this one's going to be a goading attack. Well, no, just because. So, uh, go ahead and make that DC 14 wisdom save. Oh, I got a fumble. Uh, so it is going to take disadvantage to hit anyone other than me. Okay. And what did you actually say to it? Uh, I say, yeah, keep your eyes on me. I'm the one who's going to put a stop to all of this. And with that, it turns to you and says, in the elvish tongue again, it says, you would dare hurt my beloved. Uh, so that's going to be a solid 21 points of damage on the actual attack. Roger. Uh, and in uh, resp- response, I'll say, you have your beloved, I have mine. And on the second attack, that's going to be a good, solid 16. That's it. Is he talking about his beard? No. Oh. Was he talking about his mines? No. Was he talking about his wife? Yeah. Well, you know, on the list of things that we've seen in this campaign, we've seen the beard. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, so and that's going to be another 12 points of damage on the hit. All right. Roger, roger. So it is bloodied. 
and this thing bellows back to you and it says, how would you know pain to spend it? Oh, um, uh, bonus action, I'm going to uh, second win. Very good. Or not, not a whole lot, but hey, this could be the difference between me and dead. Potentially. So with that, um, okay. You know, Anton, the fact that you got hit with that and you got dropped and now you're just out of the combat. Why does this have me with every boss battle that you get hit once? I'm not even targeting you. He's yet. an old man. He just can't do it like the rest of them. shit, get hit, and then you sleep for the rest of combat. <laughs> I want to guess how many times you make it. To he's, in his, he's in his, like, mid-50s. He's, like, not that old, but he's, like, where he can easily do some work and then take a nap. Especially that night. He's not even, he's not even, like, in an especially great amount of danger of even bleeding out. Yeah, right. He just literally goes to nap time. Like, he, <laughs> like that's about fucking it. But okay. And so with that, um, it yells back at you, uh, Norhill, before that bonus action went off. And he says, how would you know pain to sit here and watch my beloved crumble? And you see its form weaken a bit and start to take on more elvish features instead of brutal spooky goat man. And he starts to kind of shift back and forth between the lion and the elf. And he says, I will preserve her, and I will save her. Not even the corrupting disease will keep her from me. She lives forever. We live forever. And he turns to you like he's going to do something about it. So now, goes to the top of the round with Klika. Whoop! Klika appears 10 feet in the air, near wherever he is, and flies towards him to... Make some attacks. The shadow blade, like a <laughs> just. Why is everybody an elf? Is still my question here. I, I I just feel like that adds so much to this. While not really, the fact that this whole combat takes place with elves. If ever he wanted to get revenge, you guys are fucking set. He just knows your names, but he's looking for four elves. Like, Thank you. Can know I, who sent us? <laughs> uh, do it in such a way that I am flanking with either Norhill or Jarzak. Yeah, perfect. You'd be able to do that, no problem. All right, 26 to hit. It's good. All right. That's not great. Uh, 16 psychic damage. Okay. And he is enshrouded in booming energy. Then I'll spend two sorcery points to uh, quicken spell and do it again. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. Ooh, nat 20. Yes. Uh, that's and for the for everyone at home that's 8d8 that i get to do and that's 42 damage oh god you're a bitch let's see if i pop out of existence just whack them all with clica (laughs) i got 11 click up back into the ethereal plane i'm just gonna kill all your friends that's fine. Klika, gets, Klika and her three clones that she still has gets to watch. For fuck's sake. Alright. So now it would go to Anton, but he's taking a power nap and laying on the floor still a little bit smoky and cooked. Uh, and now it goes to Jarzak. Uh, so, so where is she? So with that, he turns back to you and he says, do not harm her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna harm her. <laughs> My God! Just covered in mice walking over there. The mice, 
the mice and the bugs are having their own like little microcosmic battle <laughs> on your body as they're like just fighting as you're just walking there like I'm gonna punch her in her stupid face. Jarzak tries to figure out who this her is and where she could be. Is just like, <laughs> yeah, but you're right there. Bonus action to move towards him, and then a uh, regular move to get into contact if I need to. Because okay. it's half speed, so I'll need five feet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then I'm a attack. Okay. I'm gonna put put my shield down and attack. You've got flank with Norhill. Perfect. Uh, it's. 23 to hit. Okay, that's good. For seven damage. Okay. Or 13 damage, sorry. I didn't add my stuff. Uh, nat 20. Woo! You know, you're rolling up dice, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's going to be 25 total damage on that. All right. Crit. Yeah, I'm gonna go go do what I just did to you to her. I don't I don't think she could take it. And so with that he looks horrifically wounded and taking a knee, bleeding from multiple stabs and, and pike wounds and axe wounds and burns, he turns to you on his knee and he says, Please, I beg you, do not harm her. She's all I have. All I have ever had. And with that, he kind of rides gonna stop me. He rises up again to meet that. And that was the end of your turn, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, I was like, for fuck's sake, don't pull that shit on me. Like, well, I don't know he's going to fight again. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll move five feet away. What? Just moving out of the threat and don't I, get a, don't I get an attack of opportunity at that point? Yeah. All right, well, with that, he's butts with his goat head. This is a big at disadvantage? Uh, uh, unless Jarzak was not within five feet of me. No, he wasn't. Okay, never mind. Uh, what's your armor class, Jarzak? Uh, without the shield now, uh, 14. Oh, so I did hit. All right, swag. <laughs> oh, look at that. So with that, he butts in and deals. Oh, six points. Oh, uh, it's still a disadvantage because he's not attacking me. No, that's fine. Oh, God damn it. It's fine. It's okay. Okay, I rolled higher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, six points of bludgeoning damage. And with that, he takes the five-foot step forward, letting Anthony, if you want to, more hill, you can hit with an attack. And, uh, yeah. Uh, no, he takes six points of damage from hitting me for six. Oh, he's getting blade, right? Uh, uh, if I fumble uh, the uh, attack of opportunity. Oh, fascinating. Okay, so he takes the damage from hitting you because armor of Agathis, right? Yep. Okay, and then booming blade, was he sheathed then? Yep, so uh, he takes 12 damage because I don't think the damage on that counts for the crit or the crit doesn't carry over onto that damage. It's only the damage you roll for that attack. So, yeah. Uh, and with that, he rushes in and swings in with his uh, lion claw as he morphs between those forms. Um, still a disadvantage because Anthony. Oh, I would have had a crit. Gosh darn it. Didn't he <laughs> move away from Anthony by five? Uh, no, no, this is from my goading attack. So with that... He uh, swings in with his claws, and he hits, and he deals nine points of damage with his claws. And then takes nine. Really? It bounces back everything? <laughs> with a certain threshold? Uh, yeah, there's there's a cap on it, so oh, it's okay. only until the armor runs out, and 
I won't tell you when that is. Well, <laughs> keep going. So that he swaps back into that crazy looking reptilian form as all the skin begins to peel away again. And with okay, okay, okay. I, I won't, I won't hurt her. With blood and magma ish looking dribbles coming down from his face as he's drunkenly stumbling back and forth to keep himself up, he says, She will be mine forever. The immortals' curse will not hold. I am not beholden to those immortals, bastards and their lands. And can I get a dexterity saving throw real quick? As we cross our fingers and pray for Jarzak. Uh, 16. Ooh, that's good enough. All right, and so with 16, uh, you take... Quick, 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 quick. Dice are quick, dice are quick. We got quick dice. Did we have quick dice? I don't think so. Uh, We take uh, 13 points of damage. Okay. Okay. And last but not least, the horns grow back and he swings a quick butting head at you. Man, don't you love this guy? (laughs) At disadvantage. Yeah, that was a lie. I'm definitely going to kill her. I rolled. <laughs> She's mine now. He's going back and forth. He's on fire and stuff. All right. 13 more points of damage as the goat head slams into you. And that one was a melee, right? Yep. Okay. Did I take more damage reflected back? No, I lost it already. Okay. Man, that would have killed him. So, anyway, now. Uh... <laughs> oh, hold, my. Hold, hold on. Oh, the universe rebuking? Is that what I'm smelling? I have a concentration spell going currently. I mean, he's teetering on death. Okay, then I won't do my checks. That's fine. You only hit me like five times. Kleeka can still fly. That's fine. (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, what? Did you not? Okay. All right, so in that case, um, yeah, if you got the concentration, roll the concentration check. Okay. Uh, I got hit four times, right? Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of them. Click is just going to fall out of ethereal plane. (laughs) Face plant. (laughs) Like, where were you? Like, I've seen some things. (laughs) The last one. I rolled a, like, 19, 15, 17, 7. (laughs) So that, Click no longer flies, sensing the pain of Jarzak. Uh, And we go now to Norhill at the end of the round. Uh, Okay, so Norhill's going to move up into flanking with Jarzak. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's going to wail in on him. Uh, with the first attack is uh, 18 on the die. So 18 plus, does that hit? Yep. All right. And this one's going to be a renewed goading attack. Okay. Uh, so yeah, let's get the DC 14 save going. I passed it. Okay. Uh, so he's not going to take disadvantage again, but... That's going to be 21 points of magical lightning piercing damage. Okay, so you killed him. Describe it. Woo! Uh, so he is, so Norhill is going to come charging up. He'll get a good uh, overhead chop and then sort of, yeah, you know, follow through so that he is standing over the body. Okay. And so as he falls to the ground with a thump, you can see him like trying to scraggle towards the pile of grasses and, and herbs and stuff like that up on the pedestal. And you can see him struggling as the axe is, imbe- I mean, the uh, the hook hammer is embedded in his back, and he drops and stops moving. And as you pull the hook hammer back out, you see the wound on his back slowly begin to close up again, and you can see his life force begin to come back to him, 
as he begins to mockingly laugh a little bit under his bleeding, gurgling breath. And he says, we are eternal. The curse is forever. And he starts trying to pull himself towards that grassy mound. Nothing is forever. I've got another attack. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, is he prone? Yeah. The point I'm trying to make here, Anthony, is that the wounds are closing. <laughs> not dying. But he's that just proud. I'm not trying hard enough. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a 27 to hit on the second attack. You bludgeon his skull in, and it reforms itself. He proceeds to continue crawling. For all intents and purposes, as he's laying here, you can just keep insta-killing him. He keeps coming back. And he's crawling closer and closer to that pedestal, five-foot crawl at a time. Jarjak, I think that's her. The pedestal. Yeah. Well, while he's crawling, Jarzak's just gonna like step on him and then past him and go attack. God damn it! So, <laughs> what's Klika up to, by the way, in Invisible Land? Uh, she just, you know, is having like a really deep philosophical conversation with her four clones. Okay, for the love of God. Okay, so with that, Jarzak runs over to the pedestal, and on it is a facsimile of the Elvish woman you saw in the paintings before, but instead she's composed primarily of plants. She looks to be a living elf underneath all of it, and you can see her chest is sort of like very barely moving at all, as if she's still breathing to some extent, but there is no sign of active life on her, as if she herself is just kind of like a weird blend of plant and being and she doesn't react to anything her eyes never open her body never twitches or moves and as you poke her prod or whatever nothing seems to move her and as you stand there doing that the beast underneath norhill's smacking hammer continues to say please do not harm her she is what keeps me i love her so by the looks of it she died a long time ago I think it's time that you let go as well. So that his bestial, like, mix of all different kinds of beasts and animals, his groaning, bellowing, pained cry, just sort of kind of like, is I, I wouldn't say his death rattle, but he just stops trying to move at that point and just sits there sobbing as this weird, deformed beast constantly shifting and changing, like anthropically. What's Jarzak do? No one was made to live forever. And this axe is made for chopping. And he swings it down on. You know, you could. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I choose to believe you stopped at nothing was made to live forever. <laughs> That's the reality. And these boots were made for walking. Yeah, he just whispered that other part in his head. <laughs> With that, the pain in your side begins to hum and buzz. The beast on the ground begins to slowly transform from all of its different bestial forms as all the skin begins to dematerialize and melt until he himself is just a pile of bones and skins on the floor. The pile of all the grasses and herbs and stuff begin to tremble and shake and shudder as it does. And all of the grasses begin to dissipate, graying and browning and then falling to nothingness on the, upon the table. And all of the birds and all of the critters begin to scatter from this place all of the different weird beings that were half bird people begin to fall from the rafters in their places that they were. And you guys can hear the sounds of screams in the distance as apparently things that could fly no longer can. Um, and you, I feel that. Oh God, I feel that. You guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Within the castle Fantil, feeling as if the curse of the wild has just been lifted. That's where we're going to end it. Mm.
Hey everybody, it's the young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks.